Hey friends, before we jump into this episode of Film on the Rocks, we just want to let you guys know that our Patreon is now in full swing at patreon.com forward slash film on the rocks. We have a $2 tier to become one of our drinking buddies, Water School 2. This includes early access to episodes, bonus episodes, polls for what we cover, and so much more. So come check it out. Once again, that is patreon.com forward slash film on the rocks. Check the show notes for our links. Why is the rum gone? Perhaps the reason you practice three hours a day is that you've already found one and are otherwise incapable of wooing said strumpet. You're not a eunuch, are you? Hello, Poppet. You best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in one. Today on Film on the Rocks, we are discussing the first ever PG-13 movie from Disney. It's Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl from 2003, Savvy. Welcome back to Film on the Rocks, a movie podcast where we like to have fun with movies. I'm Brucker, and today I am joined by my good buddy, Nate. Nate, how you doing? Yar. <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Oh, jeez. <laughs> very appropriate. Uh, yeah. Today is a very special episode because we are joined by two awesome guests. We are joined by Caleb and Jonathan of the All Bros Podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um... How long have y'all been podcasting? And can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your show? Um, yeah, so we've been podcasting for three years. Um, just now started to kind of figure out how things go with all this stuff. Um, <laughs> but we're a movie review podcast, kind of like you guys. But with us, we give movies a letter grade because we feel like critics nowadays are just kind of very biased on their on their scores. They try to grade the movie as a whole and not as the individual aspects of the movie. Because mm. you can have like a really crap movie, but a really awesome aspect to it. So we thought we would make a better grading system for it. Um, and also, we are aspiring filmmakers, so we also pitch movie ideas that we occasionally have. <laughs> so Oh, nice. <laughs> That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, this is quite the little collaboration we got going on. So we have gathered from three different time zones in four different states on these airwaves to discuss <laughs> the Pirates of the Caribbean, the Curse of the Black Pearl from 2003. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and go over the, the playmakers for this movie. So this movie came out in 2003, and it was directed by Gore Verbinski who also directed The Ring and Mouse Hunt, which is a Mouse Hunt is a movie of my childhood that I watched over and over and over. I remember it. Yeah, I remember it. that was a good one. Um, <laughs> this movie is written by Ted Elliott and Terry uh, Rosasio, or Rosio uh, who both wrote Shrek and Aladdin. These two writers were actually um, were brought onto this um, project from Jerry Bruckheimer, who's the executive producer of this movie. They were the two writers that were um, their biggest contribution to the script, I think, was that they added in the whole curse element and like, you know, the the curse of the Black Pearl element was their idea. So which I think is a significant uh, portion of this plot and something that really makes the movie stick out. This movie stars Johnny Depp, Jeffrey Rush, Orlando Bloom, Kira Knightley, 
Jack Davenport and Jonathan Price. Um, Johnny Depp was actually nominated for Best Actor in a Leading Role when this movie came out. Interesting. That's Interesting. awesome. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's great. I mean, he was great. He is great. He does become the icon of this franchise, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in this movie in particular, I thought somebody else stuck out, but he was fantastic, to be completely honest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a lot of fun. It still just kind of surprises me. Like, really? Like, the Oscar, like, the Oscar for best, like, for leading role? Like, okay. It just kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, I'm not saying he's bad. It's just, you know, like, that pirate movie? That guy? Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, talking about the money about this movie. So, this... So this movie was released in 2003 when the average movie ticket price was $6.03. Thank you to everybody from our Instagram that replied with a a guess for uh, how much money that this movie made. I'm going to ask the room first. uh, uh, How much money does everybody think that this movie made worldwide? $673 million. That's a good guess. That's a very specific answer. (laughs) The number just came to me. (laughs) It just came to me. That's it. Um, I don't know, considering this was, like, uh, the movie that started one of Disney's biggest franchises, and I hear, like, so many people want to go see it, and I think on repeated viewing, so I'm going to say 700 million even. That's about where I was at, too. That's exactly what I was thinking, 700 million. That's, I think that's enough for Disney to be like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ooh. <laughs> yeah uh well all good guesses and uh thank you to everybody that replied to our take a shot post on instagram so we got a couple replies scotty from shoot the flick replied a shit ton so that is a uh that, that's a good <laughs> that's an excellent answer <laughs> i wonder I wonder what the inflation of a shit ton is um dustin from dustin can read uh guessed uh, 650 million and so did henry breen from instagram guessed 650 million so here are all the numbers. So this movie had a budget of $140 million. It made $46.6 million its opening weekend, and it grossed over $654 million worldwide. Damn. Damn. Huge box close. office hit. We're all yeah. pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Was, especially yeah. the, the people on Instagram. They guessed six fifty. So, yeah, that was very yeah. close. Wow. I suspect Google was their friend. <laughs> <laughs> Disney kind of went on like a magical run in 2003. So in that year, they had Pirates of the Caribbean, Finding Nemo, Freaky Friday, The Haunted Mansion, Holes, and the Lizzie McGuire movie all come out in the same year. Dang. Oh, I had no shit. Yeah, but I had no idea that The Haunted Mansion was released the same year. I think that's cool that both uh, movies based on riots were right? released the exact same year. That's awesome. Yes, yes, that is super cool. And I, I think I saw like most of this list in theaters. I can't remember if I saw Holes or the Lizzie McGuire movie in theaters, but I mean, uh, it doesn't it seem like that Pirates and Finding Nemo came out like five years apart from each other, like it just in your memory. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely, definitely. So, did everybody see this movie in theaters? I didn't. I didn't either. I rented it when it first came to Blockbuster. That's what I remember. Oh, had a family movie night. That's such a cool, nostalgic memory. So, th- Nate, did you see this in theaters? Yeah, I was like 11, so this seems like a like a Friday, see it with your friends type of movie. Yeah, I saw this. I saw this in theaters twice, and I was in the third grade. I was so excited for this movie. Um, 
this 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 was just like the super fun adventure action movie that disney needed to kind of pull in that male audience i think and this movie delivered it's just it's so good it's so much fun um what's uh what's everybody's opinion on this movie uh, do, do y'all like it or do you kind of or kind of look warm on it what's what's everybody kind of feeling about this movie i liked it uh i liked it when i first saw it and i loved it the this most recent watch to be completely honest i, th- I thought it was <laughs> it was so much fun it was kind of a breath of fresh air based on all the things i had been watching so yeah i really enjoyed it yeah i i forgot how enjoyable this movie was because <laughs> i have i haven't watched it in years um i've seen like the other ones here and there but like this particular one i've haven't seen in years and i i forgot how much fun it was um Honestly, the only thing that ruins the movie for me is Kira Knightley's character. Really? Oh, what? Shots fired, bro. That's a oh, hot dude, take. I, I do not like her in this. I think her and Will Turner are so annoying. I agree with I you. I will on agree half with Will that. Turner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Orlando Bloom was not for this movie, but Kira Knightley, she was my crush for years because of this movie. <laughs> I thought that she had like a very strong character, and that's and we. The franchise sort of like follows her development a little bit throughout the other sequels, but uh, especially in that third movie. But um, yeah, my my biggest nitpick about this movie is that it's two and a half hours. This 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 movie really needs to be like a tight like hundred hundred and five minutes. I think it would be so much better. Yeah, I'll mm-hmm. definitely give you that. It doesn't feel that long. <laughs> like I think there's definitely some areas where they can like clip, but it does not feel that long. Yeah, Caleb, I, I completely agree with you. Usually, I'm like the first person to complain whenever a movie is like over an hour 20, an hour and a half. But this one, I was, I didn't check my phone. I didn't really, I didn't check out at any point. It kind of kept me engaged throughout. So like, I, I completely agree with you. It didn't feel like a long movie. Well, then I feel bad for checking the, how much time was left on this movie then. Uh, <laughs> I did that a couple of times too. I did that a couple of times. No, well. no. Well, I, that's my gauge. Cause I, I mean, I have no aspirations at all to get into like being a movie critic or, or, you know, just film in general. So <laughs> I feel like I have a very like average person's gauge on movies. So I just kind of, if I check my phone or if I'm checking the time, I'm like, okay, that's my gauge and whether or not this kind of, this movie was getting my attention or not. I will say it does move like, pretty fast because i mean because it doesn't really drag because there's there's a lot of action like set pieces in this movie because it's not a boring movie like there's a lot of action in the beginning and with really only like two or three minutes of like slow down dialogue in between fights so i will say this movie does move so it does like kind of keep your interest that way it absolutely does so I was looking on Rotten Tomatoes. So the tomato meter has this at a 79% and the audience score is at a 86%. Um, I think I lean more audience score on that. I would probably give this like a like an 87%, maybe like, like a high 80 is kind of like where I'm at. Yeah, oh, 88, yeah. 87. I think yeah. the the tomato meter score tomato meter score is complete trash. To, com- to be complete, <laughs> like, <honestly. laughs> they really knocked this movie down uh, a couple notches, but doesn't mm-hmm. deserve it. I'd say a solid eighty-five. Yeah, that's that's more than fair. I that's, I mean, like we said, that's why we created the R, our <laughs> rating system to be a little bit more fair because I think critics were just being overly harsh on this because. I think you can definitely see where, like, the places where critics could just rip this movie apart. 
mm-hmm. that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like this is a you could pay attention to this movie and have like a fantastic time, or you could just kind of have this going in the background and still have an amazing time. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah, because good dynamic movie <laughs> in that way. Yeah, because because if you zone out, you're probably going to zone back into a different sword fight. So it's kind of yeah, the move, the music too. The music really pulls you in. So oh. definitely, it kind of oh, the music yeah. is great oh, in this. Oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think it's a Hans Zimmer score actually, which surprises me because it's so different from his other movies scores that he's done. But it's great. Yeah, I feel the classic pirates theme ranks for me at least uh, with like Star Wars as most iconic. Like I I oh, wow. I automatically recognize what movie it comes from whenever it plays. That's bold. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm so, I'm sorry, Caleb. I'm being bold it's here. It's bold, but I think it's true though, because like yeah, it's it's so unmistakable. And you know exactly the this. It always brings me back to this movie specifically. I don't think about the franchise as a whole, but I always go back to this movie specifically when yeah, I hear it. Yeah, same. Yeah, I don't think I really think of the sequels too much. <laughs> to be completely honest, when it comes to these guys. Uh, I I don't think I've seen them multiple times. Like I've seen this one. <laughs> yeah, I still find it crazy. Dead Man's Chest and um, the world's at World's End came out a year apart. That's that's just so crazy to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, back to back sequels. That's crazy. Yeah. They were just like they was, was it like a two parter. Kind of. Yeah. I think yeah. So. Okay. I mean, they've all followed the same storyline. Because yeah. wasn't there a like a three year gap between the Curse of the Black Pearl and Dead Man's Chest? I think okay. so. And, and like this one really sticks out from uh, the curse of black pearl sticks out a lot from like the rest of the franchise because even though like the direct sequels from this do follow the same characters and somewhat of a similar plot line this one just sticks out so much because I, I we're, we're kind of jumping the gun a little bit but the, my biggest complaint about this franchise as a whole is that they cannot make up their mind about the tone like what tone they want to have because this one is just fun, adventure, action. You know, we're pirates. We're jumping from ship to ship. And the other ones, it's, like, very dark and kind of, like, like so heavy in pirate lore. And, like, we got to get into this. Like, just a serious man. We're talking about pirate lore, Davy Jones. Like, they take it, they take it so seriously. And then, like, the fourth movie is just horrible. It's They, they like, kind of go with, like, trying to be, like, slapsticky kind of, like or slapstick comedy almost. And it's just like pick pick a tone or a theme or something like besides just pirates. It's so annoying. But this one, okay, this one's great. I have a I have a comment to that, and it's kind of a theory as to why that's the case. Because I, I had the same thought as you, Brooker. Not definitely not as uh, thought out. <laughs> it was more of just a oh, this is probably why. And I think it's because so Pirates of the Caribbean is kind of like an original movie, wouldn't you say? Because mm-hmm. I think this whole movie is based off of one short little snippet on a ride that disney had yeah, it's like one five minute based ride on... exactly it, yeah it's still there it, wow okay i didn't know that i've been but on it. it's like a very quick ride <laughs> yeah. i think they updated it actually pretty recently and it like includes more of the uh the movie Jack aspects Sparrow, probably but i actually went on that mm-hmm. ride before pirates came out i think oh dude lucky or I it was like that I, I think it was I went in to Disneyland in between the first and the second one, so it, yeah, I don't same. think it like the franchise has picked up the steam yet, but yeah, the movie had just come out. 
because I don't think they added uh, uh, Jack, Barboso, or any other of the characters from the movie until like 2007 to the ride. Yeah, I definitely went before 2007. Sorry yeah, to interrupt you. Just getting well, I, yeah, sorry. No, no, I didn't no. Mean to jump on you. I've been on the ride. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's cool. That's a fun experience. I'm glad we got to like take a walk down memory lane for that. Um, but no, but I was thinking this because I, I don't think that Disney's super original. But when I do think they make their own like original films, they just ball out for the first one because they're like, you know, putting people in all sorts of like. Like for Finding Nemo, they had people take like classes on fish, like ichthyology and like oceanography and stuff marine like that, biology. just to like marine biology, just to like learn about the environment. So they kind of go all out for the first one. And I feel like that's what they did with this one. Like they took a whole bunch of cool like pirate aspects and, mm-hmm. you know, pop culture things that we all like have known and come, come to love. But then for the sequels, it's kind of just like, well, we kind of did everything. I don't really, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what to go off of. Because I feel like right now they go off of a lot of like, I mean, they're strictly just going off of comic books right now with like Avengers and stuff. So like it's stuff that's kind of already written out. They're just like, oh, what looks best in a movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that, the same could be the case for like all of the fairy tales that movies that we've seen up to this point is that they're all based on some sort of uh, folklore at some point in time. So it's already some drawn out story. They just make it more kid friendly. And I feel like that was the case for this one is that they just kind of ran out of their big guns and they kind of just pulled out a bunch of little pistols to kind of, you know, <laughs> shoot at the sky and see what they hit. I wonder if they, if they were like, all right, what's our least popular ride? Oh, that slow moving pirates thing. What was popularized? It was make a movie around it. And that will get the tickets. Um, I, I, I do agree with you uh, a lot. Of, I think that's a really good point, Nate, because this movie does, you could just kind of tell how much work went into this. Cause it feels, I don't mean, I don't know if it is accurate, but it feels super authentic. I don't. Oh, you're kind of wishy-washy on that. Yeah, no. It. I'll, I'll get into the okay. history. I was going to say. Oh, well, I don't know about the history. But I was going to say like it, like the costumes and everything look like of the time. I, at least I think they do. Oh, I don't know that. And then like the whole like the the brand the 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 branding of like the P for pirate on Jack's wrist. But I, I I feel like this movie has a lot of like kind of like that texture that it needs to have to like set it in that time and everything. And it's great. I think it's good and like. I love like all like the swords and like the little um, like all like the pirate pistols that they have. Uh, it was it was just good. So I I do I do feel like they went all out in that kind of aspect to like set it in its time. Very fun, and I love how it's like still in that setting, and even like the time period they set it in. The movie is set in 1720, and even during that time period was like the golden age of piracy. So it makes sense. So it's like they actually like at least looked up on Wikipedia, you know, okay, <laughs> like a basis of history <laughs> at least. At least they did some research. yeah since we're talking about a or oh i'm sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say i really like the uh easter eggs for the ride like the uh, Mm um like when they're on tortuga and the guy's sitting underneath all the barrels and they're just like all like basically like drowning him in rum (laughs) (laughs) like that was one of the characters in the ride that really stuck out to me and the the dog with the keys in his mouth yep yeah that's that's i feel Mm -hmm. that's the one that everyone Mm -hmm. knows I was going to ask since I mentioned the wardrobe because I believe isn't that a is is that a, um, a category on your show that y'all grade the costumes? Costumes, yeah. W- yep, what what yep. what kind of grade would y'all give this movie for costumes? I think the costumes were pretty spot on. I think I'd be leaning like towards a nine though, because there were just a couple that pulled me out. <laughs> Caleb, I gotta disagree. I gotta give this movie a ten out of ten for costumes. 
I could easily be talked Let's into. Go. I could easily be talked into a ten. It's just personally, I'm Kay. leaning a little bit. So you said you can be easily talked up to a ten. Yeah. Change your score to a ten. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not much of yeah. a debate. Fine. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I thought you guys were about to go into this whole thing. No. I was like, oh, <laughs> well, yeah, about to crack this beer. I'm about to sit back and about to listen. <laughs> oh, yeah. cool. Dude, when we disagree, we get into it. <laughs> oh, I had Our to show. fight him. I had to fight him just to give. Uh, what was it? Uh, the Halloween soundtrack in the original, like yeah, dude. What the fuck to, was like, that? I listened to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great score. <laughs> I think we settled on a nine out of ten, didn't we, Caleb? I think we did. I'd have to look, but <laughs> yeah, that was like a huge fight. <laughs> All right. Well, I got I got another question for the floor that we might debate. So, this is a big question, I think. So, for the character of Will Turner, two act. It was narrowed down to two actors: Heath Ledger and Orlando Bloom. Heath. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say Heath. Doesn't even have to think about it. I think that this movie would be better with Heath Ledger. Oh, yeah. so much yeah, you better. You think? I think he would have played off better with Don with oh Johnny God, Depp yes. too, man. Like they're like one in the same, you know. Ugh. So I've actually oh. only ever seen one performance of Heath Ledger, The Dark Knight. So if I'm basing off that, I'd say yes. Um, you should see A Knight's Tale for sure. That that's a good one. Okay. Okay. My reference is 10 Things I Hate About You. <laughs> I've always wanted to see that. Okay, Dude, I'm writing that down. It's a great movie, honestly. He was great in it. Or what about The Patriot? Oh, that Ooh, one's Patriot's great, too. Really oh, too. The Patriot. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. that That's one's kind of like, sort of, in this kind of, I, I kind of, I just kind of, I mean, they're not in this state. Well, no, no. No, yeah, it's like uh, 60 years later. Hey, Orlando Bloom was kind of cool in Troy. <laughs> he, he was such a weenie in that just, movie. <laughs> He's such a weird. <laughs> I was trying okay, to give him I mean, something. Like, I don't think Orlando Bloom is a bad actor. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's fine. He's good no, looking. No. You know, he 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 gets the job done. But I feel like because like I don't know. I feel like you're watching this movie and Disney can't figure out who like who's the toy from this. Like who's the action figure people are going to want? And like I feel like they're trying to push Orlando Bloom at one point just because he was because the reason why he got the role over Heath Ledger is because he was in the or. He was in the uh, Lords of the Rings movies, and they thought, okay, they'll draw that crowd, and that's why he got it. But I feel like if Heath Ledger was in it, he would have fleshed out that character so much more, and would have been like, you would have gotten two mm-hmm. studs out of this instead of just Jack Sparrow. Yeah, I think if you wanted to sum up uh, Orlando Bloom's performance, you could just show the scene where him and Jack t- are commandeer uh, the Dauntless, and when he comes out from behind in the beginning yeah in the beginning when he comes down and he's just like avast okay. and i think like you could just take that <laughs> clip and be like this is everything you need to know about his character <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i don't know maybe i'm like the, i actually one. did not hate his performance i don't know i i loved every scene with him and jack I don't hate it. I just know it could have been better. Like, just knowing that it could have been Heath Ledger okay. made me immediately go, oh, come the fuck on. Like, I could have had two and a half hours of that. <laughs> All right. Okay, okay. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I also think he didn't really have any sort of, like, identity in the movie, too. Because he, I mean, for the most of the movie, he didn't really know who he was, right? So, in that sense. But I'm talk- talking in terms of, like, costume. So, Brucker, you were mentioning who's going to be, like, the action figure. 
I mean, it's very obviously Jack, even like going into the film, film not seeing his character, because Orlando Bloom's character, like his outfit mm-hmm. is just so plain. Uh, and then when he finally does get like something that kind of sticks out, he looks like a Three Musketeer at the end <laughs> so of the film. True. You know, like, and oh they my don't, gosh. and they don't hang, they don't like repeat that in the sequels. Like that hat is gone. Um, yeah, I'm waiting yeah, for a spinoff. Suddenly got to, some flair. Like, <laughs> I'm waiting for that spinoff, Pirates of the Caribbean. What happened to Will's hat? Like I'm waiting for that. <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, dude, he really just, he, like, kind of ruined that scene for me. I was like, oh, bro's got some pizzazz? Where did this come from? <laughs> dude, Johnny Depp saved that scene. Anytime that they were, like, back-to-back, he'd, like, swoosh his feather away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He really was, like, a very good, like, situational actor uh, mm-hmm. with everything. that He, like, really interacted with his environment. I loved that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know this movie centralized on on jack sparrow and will turner but captain barbosa stole the show yes oh i I thought he was the best part of this entire movie yeah thank you thank you dude he i mean literally when we were going over quotes before this thing even started literally all all of our quotes were captain barbosa quotes the dude is the most quotable character he has the the best like accent he's got the best sound out of all Mm -hmm. the pirates he sounds the most piratey and I don't even. I don't know, man. The guy's just got some flair to him. The way he carries himself, he's got a freaking monkey. Like, I don't know. I just really, I really enjoyed him as a character, and I didn't realize that until this time around. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Every everyone oh, yeah. always just says, "Oh, Johnny Depp is the best part of this franchise." No, I think it's what's his name. Is it Jeffrey Wright or Jeffrey Rush? Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush. I feel he's been the best part of this franchise since the beginning. He's amazing. Yeah. He's been very consistent, and he's great. Like, Jeffrey Rush is just, like, he is a full-on just, like, buying into everything, and he does an awesome job at it. Like, I agree with everything that you had to say, Nate. Mm-hmm. As do I. I yeah. feel like he also grew they... a little bit in the film. Sorry, I cut you off. No, I was just saying, I think, he like, throughout the series, he definitely did the best until they made him a freaking pretty boy in, what was it, the fourth one? That fourth movie is such dog shit. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I will say the coolest thing, he has a peg leg in that movie and he uses it as like a, um, a, a, a what was it? He like, he like holds beer in it or something. So that's like the coolest thing it's about it. It's like a flask. It. Yeah. That's dope. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But if I were like to take every one, every character from like the, the, I'll, I'll just say the, the, the trilogy, <laughs> mm-hmm. I would put Jeffrey Rush at the top. Then I'm like, I, I can flip flop either way, but I'm gonna put Davy Jones as number two because oh. I freaking love Davy Ooh, Jones. Okay. Damn. And then oh, I put okay. yeah, then Johnny Depp. Wow, what? you're insane, dude. You're insane, <laughs> dude. I freaking love Davy Jones. <laughs> he's good. Yes. I mean, he's good in the sequels. I would say I would have to have Kira Knightley in that top three because I feel like she really carries. <laughs> oh, I, I seriously, what? I would. I think she, <laughs> I, she, she does. I think she does a great job. I think she carries this movie at certain points i have to agree because sorry, like Berger. sorry oh no 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 i was just saying just jeffrey rush needs to have a good like acting partner for like think about like most of this most of his scenes in this movie is him talking to elizabeth and she like has to like carry that conversation in like in a good way i feel like she does a great job especially when she like tricks the crew when she like pretends to drop the medallion like i just feel like she just nails it i i i thought that she did a really good job yeah i absolutely agree i agree with everything you said brucker like seriously, <laughs> even to, but top three though. Top three? I actually would. I think. Oh, sh- 
Yeah. That's bold. She's definitely beating... What? <laughs> okay, from this movie, at least. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to go say yeah, top three in the other yeah. movies as, as well. I don't know, because she's definitely beating Orlando Bloom. Yeah. And, like, he, he he's out of it. And then you could probably... And then, I think he's not like, even the, in my top ten. <laughs> <laughs> He's in there with the, with the mute. The the mute guy with the parrot is ranked above Orlando Bloom in this movie. <laughs> and then the parrot is above him. Oh, Jeez. Shit, Let's turn to the Orlando Bloom slam session real quick. Oh, I'm sorry. Orlando Bloom. He's literally so great, but just not this movie. That's it. Dude, we if you replaced Orlando Bloom with Heath Ledger. And Kira Knightley with literally anyone else. No. Caleb. No, she's fine. Uh, she's great yeah. for the movie. Yeah. I completely disagree with you. <laughs> and she was Don't that she's line, top bro. four. <laughs> she was 17. She was 17 when she did this what? movie. What? Holy shit. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody immediately feels weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will say my crush developed when I was 11. So, so it was, was okay. In the third grade. Yeah, yeah. It was okay. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll transition into drinking rules. But before we get into the drinking rules, I want to thank our sponsor for today, which is Supporty. Whether you need help trying to stay on top of holiday shopping, decorating, or you're starting to think about your New Year's resolutions, having somebody to hold you accountable does keep you motivated and helps you meet your goals. You can head over to GetSupporty.com today to sign up for a free two-week trial and tell them that Film the Rock sent you. Nate from Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Who could have used an accountability buddy? I think anybody who hated on the Commodore needs an accountability buddy because this guy, you're giving me faces, you're giving me faces. This guy, I know he was like such a b-hole in the beginning, <laughs> but he was like kind of a stand-up guy. Like, <laughs> So he proposes to Elizabeth. And as you would expect from someone of his stature, uh, a character like himself, uh, you know, like head of the military kind of guy, you would expect him to like force himself on her. He didn't do this. He kind of like gave her her time to kind of think about it, right? And then when she escapes and she gets away, like he doesn't have some sort of evil plot to get her back and then force her into marriage. When he gets her back, he like listens to her and learns that she doesn't want to be with him. So he's like, you know what? You're right go on and then he even like <laughs> he's kind of understanding when it came to killing jack because he's like you know what just let him go we'll get him tomorrow but you know today i'm in mourning because my heart's been broken right so just looping it back to this whole orlando bloom hate what <laughs> will turner it sucks because <laughs> so, he hates the commodore the most so so wait so who needed accountability again anybody who hated on the commodore I the Commodore how, was a stand-up guy. I love how you used the ad to put, like, your little soapbox. Of, like, this dude was a stud. This dude needs some love. I didn't say stud. I didn't say stud. <laughs> I thought he was misunderstood. Oh, man. All right. Well, sure. Uh, be sure to head to GetSupporty.com or swipe over to our show notes and click the link so you can start your two-week free trial today. GetSupporty.com. There's also free articles there for you to read. And tell them that film that Rock sent you. Nate, I, I, I'm not. I'm not done with this point yet. So, <laughs> so I feel like that you are completely glossing over the little fact that at the beginning of the movie, Norrington, who's already like in the Navy, is like babysitting a little tiny like Elizabeth Swan. So th that age difference is has got to be 
Okay, we didn't, we didn't know she was 17 before. <laughs> I'm talking this, about the little kid. Before like, this in the recording. Movie. Like, in the movie, she's a kid, and he's already a grown-ass adult in the Navy. And then we fast-forward eight years later. You know what I'm saying? Does anybody else see what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying, Brooker. I'm... She Look, I'm not baby. taking it from the standpoint of he was like looking at her as a child and being like, I'm going to marry you one day. <laughs> like, he's not Hugh Hefner. I'm not saying he's that, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm saying when he was of age, right? And she was of age, I, I guess in that time, he proposed to her, right? And yeah. it wasn't weird at that time. Like, I'm sure people marry their babysitters all the time. Like, I'm sure that's a thing. <laughs> marry their babysitters all the time. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, that's back when people died at like what fifty. Yeah, <laughs> not even that. I'm pretty sure life expectancy was like thirty four. So he's like <laughs> already. Jesus she's Christ. already. <laughs> she's already midlife. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my goodness. All right. So let's get into the drinking rules. Nate, <laughs> would you please start us off with your drinking rules? Okay. So I got a few. Drink every time Jack steals or lies about something. Uh. Chug every time Jack corrects someone when they say his title wrong, which I wrote that at the beginning of the movie. Turns out it only happened twice, so let's change that to a finisher drink. So I did we'll say that. the same exact thing. Yeah, the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Were you also disappointed? Yes, I was pissed of that rule. Yeah. Um, drink whenever the Black Pearl is said. Um, every time you hear the title Captain or Pirate, okay. you can kind of flip flop between the two. We'll just say Pirate for this one. Uh, take a drink. Uh, every time we see an apple, Ooh, which that is, uh, yeah, cures scurvy, significant, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then waterfall or finish your drink whenever there is a slow mo coin drop scene. And there's three, and they're spaced out perfectly. Oh, that's a fantastic <laughs> one! I love that one. This is a curated list, so you're gonna be nice and uh, nice and. Yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be wobbly <laughs> by the end of this movie. You're gonna be thinking you're walking on two peg legs by the end of this movie. Um, so first one I got is take a drink every time Barbosa's crew uh, become skeletons. It's a great rule. Dope scenes, dope yeah, scenes yeah. too. The, the special effects really hold up in this movie. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's more of a surprised. cheers than a drinking rule. That, right? That's true. <laughs> you're applauding Disney. Uh, take a drink every time Regetti's eye falls out. I think it's like four or five times. That's a good one. That's a good rule. I'm also very impressed that you knew his name because I've seen this movie say... 15 times. I <laughs> don't know his name. I... <laughs> Dude, Rose has the most random movie knowledge of any person I've ever met. Uh, uh, take a drink every time uh, Jack mentions rum. I don't think it's actually as much as I thought it was. It's a pretty heavy middle scene okay. for that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and then number four is uh, take a drink whenever, uh, what is it, Jack says. He's just like, uh, let this be the day that you remember where you almost, he, he'll like say, you almost yeah. caught Jack Sparrow or you almost killed Jack Anytime he says something like that, take a drink. That's a good one. <laughs> and then he does something completely stupid. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. It's great rules. Yes. All right. So I had one similar to Nate. Anytime that he corrects someone, um, when they don't, or when they just call him Jack Sparrow and he's like Captain. Um, another one was anytime, s- like shit, 
seems like it should hit the fan, but doesn't for Jack. Okay. <laughs> the whole movie. And the scene that stuck out to me the most is when he's running away at the beginning. And he just happens to have like a little lever that lifts him out of the way. He's swinging around, not getting shot at all. <laughs> happens to find like a freaking zip line. <laughs> I'm also thinking like in the uh, when he's in prison and Will just happens to come down and, and let him out. Yeah. Um, when he's in the Black love. Pearl and the door mm. just happens to get blown open. <laughs> so anytime that that's, yeah, anytime you're like, uh, no. <laughs> Oh, any time someone thinks that Jack is incompetent and he happens to just prove them wrong, either on accident or on purpose, like I'm thinking with Will and when they're under the the boat, and he's like, this is either complete madness or complete brilliance. (laughs) (laughs) And he, or he's just like, it's funny how often those two coincide. I've always wanted to re- re- replicate that, like that's that underwater scene with the canoe. I've always wanted to do Dude, that. Dude, me too. Awesome. <laughs> um, let's see. Anytime it cuts to like an epic scene, I'm going to say like a finish your drink. Uh, and the scene I'm thinking of is when Barbosa tells all the pirates to take a walk. And they're walking underwater. That's a horror scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Jonathan's. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one I had was anytime you just think this is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Because I thought that a lot. (laughs) Like, this is great. Very consistent rules throughout the movie. You're just kind of sitting at a, you're just kind of sipping the whole time. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. This is like, I'm getting, I'm getting drunk at 3 p.m. sort of thing. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, you pointed out something hilarious to me was that how everybody thinks Jack's incompetent. And I think that was kind of like my favorite aspect of like this whole this whole movie because everyone was like so annoyed with Jack Sparrow. Because, but he like keeps them on their toes. Like they don't want to hear him out, but then he'll like say something that kind of piques their interest and they're just like, fuck. Okay, yeah. go on. <laughs> <laughs> like when Jack's trying to convince the Commodore to do the whole thing to like, to get uh, the Black Pearl Pirates. Uh, that whole scene. Anyways, because the Commodore doesn't want to listen to him, but he's like, uh, you make a good point. Okay, go on. And he's super annoyed about it. Or when he's about, or Barbosa's about to kill Will, and he's like, your funeral? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just those little, like, ah, shit. I think my yeah, he's like, okay, go ahead, Jack, speak. <laughs> I think my favorite example of that is when... Um, it's when Norrington says you were the worst pirate I ever heard of. He goes, but you have heard of me. And he just doesn't have a <laughs> retort to that. <laughs> He's just like, fuck. <laughs> oh, Good rules. Um, so my rules are uh, silver tongue. So I love it whenever. So I love it like whenever Jack kind of uh, wordplay to sort of like confuse people. Or he's just kind of rambling. Like, where the fuck is he going with this? So I kind of just had to drink whenever he's doing that. I think a great example is when he uses it on those two British uh, soldiers that we see throughout the movie. And, like, the first time he meets them. And uh, they're kind of... He, like, gets them to argue about the Black Pearl, whether or not it's a myth. And they're just kind of bickering about it. And he just goes off. Uh, It's great. So whenever he (laughs) kind of has, like, that silver tongue trick... Um, which also leads me to my second rule. Those same two British soldiers I just met or I just uh, discussed uh, drink every time they are just blatantly giving you exposition to what the hell is going on in this movie. Um, For real, though. 
<laughs> they do that a handful of times. It's just like, whoa, I'm kind of lost. This movie's over two hours. Where, what's going on? And they do that. So drink whenever they're just giving exposition. Um, drink every time a sword fight breaks out, which is a lot. I also had drink every time that the skeletons are shown by moonlight. I had that same uh, rule as nice. Jonathan. And then I had drink every time that the Aztec that the Aztec golden medallion makes an appearance. So just like whenever you spot it, take a drink or like be the first one. That, if you're playing with friends, be like the first one to spot it. And then like everybody else has to drink. Um, Those are my favorite rules. Love yes. That. And yeah. I noticed it was kind of inconsistent in between cuts because like we'll see like it's like Elizabeth wears it right as a necklace. And, like, within, like, the same sort of scene, we'll see that, like, it's out, and then, like, we'll make a cut, and then, like, it's tucked in. So, it's, like, kind of inconsistent. So, it's, like, sometimes it's out, sometimes it isn't. So, you can, like... So, it, so it comes out occasionally, so you can, like, really get people, like, multiple times uh, in a single scene. Um, <laughs> nice. That makes it fun. Like, yeah. It fun. I'm kind of wondering... Oh, sorry. Uh, just... Uh, so the whole th- thing with her necklace like being outside and then inside, I'm wondering if someone pointed that out on like the goose on IMDb. That'd be really funny. Oh, there's always somebody. There's well, always somebody who's watching frame by yeah, frame. Yeah, right. Yes. So it's some Well, in this scene, it's out, and the next, in like two seconds later, it's tucked in. This movie is unwatchable, uh, <laughs> kind of thing. I will say that that is um, so. Like while I'm talking about like the Aztec gold, that is probably one of my biggest nit- nitpicks about this movie. And I know like we've kind of pointed out a few things. I do love this movie for the record, but one of my biggest nitpicks is that it's not the black pearl that's cursed. It's the curse of the of Cortez's gold that is is like why they're cursed. Is not the black pearl. That's something that's always bugged me about the title of this movie. Like, it, am I making sense? Because that's something that's no, that always yeah, no, no, absolutely. To well, argue, to argue that, okay, okay, Disney. it's the point. <laughs> I'm the feds right now. I'm Disney feds. <laughs> to argue that point, yes, it is the curse of the Aztec gold. However, it cursed whoever was on the Black Pearl at the time that this occurred, and I feel like Disney almost kind of acknowledged that whenever Johnny Depp or Jack Sparrow's character was talking to Captain Barbosa, where he's like, you know, it's actually pretty good that you marooned me on that island because I didn't get that curse. Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't on the ship when you guys got the curse. So that is my argument to that. He also didn't get a gold coin, but yeah, so I just... <laughs> I don't know. No, that's, that's what a... I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. Okay, I don't know. I feel like I feel like you could go either way with it, but that's something that's always bugged me. <laughs> I hear your logic. I though. think you I could also it. make the argument because... The ship changed in the moonlight too. Oh, that's true. That's true. Because in the day, all the sails were intact. At night, they were all tore to shit. <laughs> I did not notice that. I didn't that's a good Very pickup. Good catch. Yeah. Very nice, Caleb. All right. So scenes. Uh, what kind of scenes jumped out with everyone? I guess we'll start with Nate. Okay. <clears throat> I have an interesting thought, and I don't mean to start off the scenes this way, but this is the scene where. Elizabeth is speaking to the Commodore and she's kind of up on that ledge and you could tell she's having trouble breathing in the dress and it's kind of hot out and then she faints into the water, correct? Mm-hmm. So when she falls, the Commodore is about to jump after her and somebody's like, no man, don't do it. That's a really dangerous fall. There's a lot of rocks. Like you could die. And so he doesn't, right? I, th- I thought nothing of that until the end of the movie whenever Jack holds on to one of the gold coins and he becomes one of the undead. And he doesn't die because of that. Uh, so I, my thought is, I think Elizabeth has been undead throughout this entire movie. 
and that's why she didn't die in that scene that first fall it's because she was holding onto the coin she's wearing it around her neck <laughs> and she doesn't die and it had nothing to do with like luck her with her falling between the rocks like she just survived interesting and to add to that to further my point um <laughs> at some point captain barbosa is talking about what the curse does to them it says like they're thirsty uh but their thirst is never quenched they're hungry but their hunger is never satiated and throughout the film like homegirl is starving whenever she gets on that boat and like she just keeps eating and eating and eating and i feel like that has to do with she just always has that feeling in her because she is undead throughout the entire film until she loses the coin. Huh. Does she ever get exposed to the moonlight? She definitely does. And I mean, that's a very interesting theory. I think that's maybe more of like a plot hole. Like she should have been an undead person. That, you blew my mind, Nate, though. Ooh, how trippy would that have been? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nate, Nate's coming out hot uh, early on. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to say it before anybody else did. So. Um, I guarantee you, I didn't. I don't know about YouTube. I definitely didn't no, have that I thought. No, I didn't either. Um, That's a great thought. All right. One that stuck out to me a lot was the, the scene where the Black Pearl comes to the port and is just like mayhem and all the pirates are running around and getting into their craziness i really liked that because i feel like a lot of times with movies that try to do scenes like that they can feel very like the scale of them doesn't seem like they seem very tight where it's like oh this is only happening in like a few areas this felt like very large space that this craziness was happening i really liked that it added like a lot of of scale to the the movie mm-hmm. it definitely kind of adds to like the the threat of the crew because it's like they have a big enough crew to take over this whole like village or town you know, this whole port um yeah it yeah i agree and it's just mayhem everywhere yeah you're totally right on that yeah so i mean i loved that scene for what it was i completely forgot that they threw in this little kid that was losing his mind yeah yeah, the look is screaming. I felt bad during that scene. Yeah, and as a newer parent, that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that's that. That like, made me sad because that kid was like legit crying, man. He was scared. Yeah, and they had like yeah. explosives and stuff going around him too, and people yeah. getting just slaughtered. Yeah, that was it was it was a war zone. They had like scaffolding fall, <laughs> like that. That shit looked practical, and I think that's what scared me most. Is like this lady just comes out of nowhere grabs her grabs the kid and runs and then the the scaffolding takes a dive and i'm just like so i was like having a mild panic attack during that whole yeah whole scene i will so wholesome i will say i do love like during this whole like skirmish i do love the part where will just chucks a hatchet at somebody's back it was just pretty awesome and then like the dude falls over dead and as he runs he just like picks it back up i was like all right this is badass uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, does he get knocked out in like the next shot yeah he does by a freaking candlestick <laughs> <laughs> but i remember watching this the first time and not remembering that that was the guy that will killed obviously as an adult i picked that up a little bit better <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's the same dude. As an adult, I can tell you I still did not pick that up. <laughs> I think I forgot that they were all undead until the big walk scene. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's the whole thing. 
the movie. Yeah, the whole premise. Uh, yeah. yeah, the point. Oh yeah, that's it. But I loved like all the horror aspects to that scene. Like they had like the craziness, like the freaking purge looking stuff going on and then they when they were cutting to the uh governor's house the way that um rose what what's those two dudes names <laughs> Forgetti and pintle their their scene when they're going through the the house and like they break into the room that elizabeth is hiding in and the way that he's like calling her out and like the scene where it's the in where between in the, the cracks of the doors mm-hmm. yeah and he just like does the hello puppet. I'm like, <laughs> dude, that was no. terrifying because it was like the light was shining on Elizabeth's face, and then you can see it like slowly disappear into darkness. Great. Uh, and then dude pops his face in there like, like here's Johnny type of thing. Yeah, that was that was an awesome. You're oh. so right on that. Yeah. Yeah. We are kind of missing how this like starts when the pirates do come into the house and they just fucking shoot the butler like point blank range in between the eyes. Like somebody, there was a headshot in a Disney movie and the dude just Mm -hmm. falls over dead. It's great. I love it. It's (laughs) point, point to that though. You hear cannons going, going amok, right? You hear a bunch of gunshots, people going crazy. Who, Who just opens the door like that? Like, at least, like, crack the door open and kind of, like, stick your nose out. Like, who's there? Dude oh, just, like, full blown opened it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he really did open it like the pizza guy was there. That dude, you could tell that that guy had one job, and he wasn't going to let anything get in, its, in his way. <laughs> I answer the door when it's not. He really took it serious. You know, he, he probably messed that job up one time and got an ass chewing for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just like, no, I don't even care. <laughs> like freaking gunfire, I don't give two shits. I'm opening this door with all the confidence in the world. <laughs> His ghost is just like, I would have let y'all in. No, you didn't have to shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate the swans. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, shit. He's like, bro, let me join. I'll kill them with you, dude. <laughs> Be like that guy in Iron Man. Dude, like. I don't even like working here, <laughs> but that whole whole scene where that craziness is going on, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to uh, just uh, bring up something really quickly. So going off what Brucker said about like the whole headshot thing, there's also another scene that I'm just like, okay, this is in a Disney movie. It's when um, was it Pintle comes in and says to Elizabeth, "Oh, the captain wants to have dinner with you." And she's just like, oh, I refuse. And he's just like, well, he said if you refuse, then you have dinner with the crew naked. And she's just like, okay, I'll take dinner with the captain. And you could tell Pintle's just like, ah, oh, damn it. I thought that would work. <laughs> I was just not expecting that. I'm like, damn. Yeah, out of yeah, Disney the- movie. I don't think the word naked's ever even been said. Yeah, I don't- <laughs> dude, that's not even the worst. That's not even the worst scene. <laughs> was it? it, it okay, what, yeah. what's the worst scene to you? Because I have an idea of what it could be. Yeah, so it's when, or they capture all the members of the Black Pearl, and so they're all on the ship, and or not the Black Pearl, the Dauntless, so the Jack Sparrow's crew, and yeah, and he, Barbosa gets Miss Turner, welcomes her back, and says, because you took advantage of our hospitality, I think it's only fair that you repay the favor, and throws him, <laughs> throws her to the crew. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, Disney, <laughs> really pushing that PG, aren't you? It's right, it's PG. Oh, PG-13. it's PG thirteen. Okay, never mind. 
Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, wait, we've never had PG thirteen before. We're gonna play in this new space that we just opened up. Yeah. They're... Mm-hmm. <laughs> to to me, it's when um when they are about to maroon um when they're about to maroon Elizabeth and Jack, and they ask for the dress back, and he throws it to the crew. He says, "It's still warm." Oh, yeah. And oh, that was so creepy. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah, that was after. I think that yeah. was after the. Uh that scene but yeah that's i'm like okay the fact that she was only seven now the fact that i know she was only 17 makes these parts so much more uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, um well since we were just talking about the uh, or i brought it up <laughs> uh, then then about to be marooned i will say that was one of my favorite parts of this it was just the whole maroon island segment with jack and elizabeth that was great I kind of just because I, I felt like that they were some of the better actors in this movie. I know some of you disagree with me, but um, it, it was just really cool to see them like argue and go back and forth with each other. And something like throughout this movie, I remember when when I was a kid that I thought was so cool about the character of Jack Sparrow was like there was this mystery of how did he get off that island, you know? And we kind of just see here like it was just because of rum runners use it. And I love that alcohol was involved in his escape from this Island. It was just so effortless. <laughs> and I just kind of fucking love that. He just like goes, he's like, Oh, we're going to die. So let's just go ahead and just drink ourselves to death. Kind of thing. I just, kind of <laughs> it plays into the whole, like he just like succeeds through dumb luck. Oh boy. Yeah. was just getting drunk on a beach. And then someone just came and saved him. And he's like, all right, <laughs> like, let's do this. It's great, and I love when the, the next morning. Well, first off, that night she is just swindling him. She is just like you know, really tricking him that she's drunk and everything. It's very fun, and they're singing that pirate song, and she's pretending to be drunk. It's very fun because I love how Jack is just like, "Oh, I love this song." It's I don't know why. I just kind of it makes me laugh every time. But the next day, when he finds out that she's burnt all the rum and food and everything. And he's just he. There's like a a quick moment where she turns her back, and he like for a second thinks about shooting her in the head. He's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, fucking love it. It's great, dude. I thought in that scene that she was going to get caught, like with that game that she was playing with him, because she was like holding her drink, and it shows Jack making like or looking at her bottle, and kind of has like a weird look about it. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, like, oh, he's playing a counter game to this, and yeah, and I yeah, then he passed out, and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. He's just a buffoon. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved his uh, comment the next day when he was like his conversation with himself. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, it must have been so hard for you, Jack. This must have been really awful. And you're like, well, bloody is now. <laughs> there will be, no, there'll be no living with her after this. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> after he sees the ships. <laughs> I love, like, kind of going off that whole, like, being marauded on the island and being stuck with all the rum. I did love how everyone was kind of coming up with their own stories of how Jack got off. And one of them was that they made a raft out of turtles sea turtles and they're like well how did he tie them together and jack's like my my back hair <laughs> of course and they're like yeah <laughs> oh wow they just You're take so it makes sense to me yeah jack would totally be the guy that like starts a rumor about himself that's like really good and he's just like yeah that's what you heard <laughs> i think it's probably it's just, true 
I think with like with Mr. Gibbs and like some of the people that know him really well, it's just gotten to the point where like they don't believe him. They're just like Jack is like a little crazy. Just let him have this. Like <laughs> he really needs this. It's the syphilis rotting yeah. his brain. That's what yeah. It is. Dude, it's that thing. Everyone freaking underestimates Jack because they think he's a, an idiot, but he's actually like super yeah. competent. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, he does have those random spurts of just random luck, but he also knows to quote Kenny Rogers when to hold them and when to fold them. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> mm-hmm. A scene that I really liked that was kind of earlier on in the movie was the first um, escape scene that we get of Jack. Uh, so, like, after he rescues Elizabeth, and he kind of, like, holds her captive real quick, and he is, like, this whole, like, chase scene is great. And because we kind of see, I felt like that this was us seeing how complex his character is. Because, like, he is a pirate, but he's kind of, like, good as well. Like, he's he's kind of, like, a good guy with a lot of edge, and we kind of see that in this scene because, like, he went and saved Elizabeth, but then he immediately flips and, like, holds her hostage just to, like, get out of the situation. And, you know, which leads, which which was a very kind of fun, uh, like, a lot of luck kind of be on his side, as we talked about earlier, for him to get out of this situation. But it eventually leads to a very fun sword fight with between him and Will. And I remember when I was a kid, this was this was the source, the first sword fight between him and Will was like one of my favorite parts of the movie, just because I don't know, I thought it was just very fun. And there's just swords everywhere, and like at one point they end up on the roof somehow fighting. Like it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, the sword fight choreography was nuts Seriously. in this movie. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. I would argue that the best, not the best, it wasn't the best sword fight scene, but it was the best music that went with the sword fight scene. It was when. Uh, Jack and Will William Turner are in like the black the blacksmith's mm-hmm. office. I don't even know <laughs> whatever it's called. Armory. Quarters, <laughs> quarters, right? And they're kind of like balancing on that thing, and you got that music playing in the background where it's like dun 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 dun. It was honestly fantastic, and it was just so quirky. Too. Absolutely agree. It was funny that the blacksmith was the one that knocked him out. Oh yeah. After oh, Will had been like, yeah, that was just going to like, just doing my yeah. civic duty, sir. <laughs> I was gonna say that dude keeps stealing credit for Will because at the beginning of the movie, when he goes to the Swans to give them a sword, uh, they say send our compliments to your employer. But Will was definitely the uh, one that yeah. made the sword, and then like he also steals his credit here for knocking out Jack. So yeah, it's just Will can't get like any sort of like credibility. Really you know what shot I would have loved to see for that whole thing was like the ring camera on the wall just kind of capturing the whole moment of like <laughs> Jack and Will Turner just going at it, right? Just going ham. And then just like this drunk blacksmith just kind of hobbling over with his empty glass. <laughs> like probably not even in a straight line. He's just kind of like zigzagging, almost didn't make it, kind of falls down, he gets back up, and then he just like smacks Jack on the back of the head. And it's just like, wow. <laughs> That's how he just fucking did that. That's trick. <laughs> yeah. So did everybody share their their favorite scenes? Because I have another one I want to share. It's kind of oh, long. Oh, sorry. Though. Can I just share one? Really quick? Please. Yeah, go for it. Um, go for it. So the uh, pr- probably this has been my favorite scene since I was a kid. But it's uh, it's kind of like the opening with a Jack on a ship, and just uh, you get like that awesome shot of him just like looking out uh, to the horizon, and then when it cuts to what's left of his ship, like there's like literally nothing. He just steps onto it onto the dock, and it's completely sunk. I, I love it's that great. scene so much. <laughs> it's a perfect introductory to that it really character. Is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. 
I love the memes that kind of go with that scene too, where it's just like when you're first on the boat, it's your freshman year of college. And as you kind of sink and you kind of get towards graduation, you just barely step on the dock. Oh, that's fantastic. That's great. How did we overlook that? I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause that was honestly like, I laughed out loud. I think I paused cause I was, <laughs> I had to laugh. Okay. So I've got, I have a little, a little history thing and it's relevant to favorite scenes. So stay with me. And it's interesting, and it's interesting. As we know, this is set in uh, Port Royal, Jamaica, in 1720. And the the whole setting with, uh, I guess, the Caribbean at this time is that uh, it's like a haven for pirates, right? But going on elsewhere in, in the colonies, we have uh, the colony of North Carolina in 1718. So this is actually the year that Blackbeard was hunted down and killed. Oh. And this movie actually did a little bit of a nod to how he was killed. And I'll tell you why. So, uh, and by the way, do y'all know who, how Blackbeard was killed? No, I, I do not. He, <laughs> dude was shot five times and stabbed 20 times. Holy, holy damn. shit. To be killed. Yeah, isn't that just a little much? <laughs> but <laughs> the people who got him was the British Royal Navy, right? And so how they got him was that they tricked him onto trick him, tricked him into coming onto their ship and made him think that it was deserted. So they had all the soldiers kind of hiding in the holds, like underneath the ship, and then they just ambushed him. And, um, I mean, literally somebody just came up and just, like, decapitated him. And they kind of made a nod to that in this movie during the end scene where all of the pirates are on the, like, the British, the British Navy's ship. And, I mean, they kind of did it in a different way where the, the undead were kind of clearly overwhelming the British soldiers, soldiers. But at the same time, once they became, like, alive again, they were able to be overwhelmed and, uh, and killed or captured by the British Royal Navy. So I thought, after having read that, I was like, okay, that, kind of, that gave a little bit more to that scene in particular for me because of, like, I guess the history that kind of ties into it. And I thought that was kind of interesting. That's awesome. That is really cool. Hmm. When you're doing like the trivia research on this, like you can just see that they incorporated so much like pirate history into this. I just, it, it was literally just like overwhelming for me when I like got to that. I was like, oh, I'm checking out immediately. But that was, that, that's, that's a very cool little, little nod to that because I didn't know that. And because that, that, that at least helps me justify all like this the ship switching in this movie because there is a lot of it and so okay uh, Mm -hmm. that's good to know that it's a nod to like killing blackbeard so i like that so we you know how we learned in or we eventually learn in i think it's pirates 2 that the reason that jack's compass doesn't point north Mm -hmm. um it's cool because if you see anyone else holding like the only one that I really noticed this go round was when the Commodore was taken or had the, the compass when he's holding it, you can see it pointing to Elizabeth. That was a great catch. My God. (laughs) (laughs) Did you notice that in the movie? No, I, I, um, I was watching a video of like hidden details in Disney movies, like one of those articles and was scrolling through. And that was one of them that I, I saw it was like forever ago, but yeah, if anyone's holding, the compass like you can it points to whatever they 
they want. I like that. I, I do love the compass that doesn't point north as like this. Um, I don't know this gadget of Jack Sparrow. It's like such a, I don't know. It's such like a cool little thing to have on him. It's such because it, uh, I love like when you see him and because you do see that compass hanging from like his belt. He's kind of like Batman, just like this utility belt with like a pistol with one pistol with one shot for the guy that marooned him, a sword, and then he has this compass that doesn't point north. It's like what the fuck is this guy? But it's just great. So people know Jonathan has been having to wrestle a cat this whole time. <laughs> I freaking love. I love when the animals make an appearance. To be completely honest, he's been doing it gracefully. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh my goodness! Alrighty, so um, let's get into the message of this movie. So, is there any sort of like message or lesson or theme or any sort of like wacky interpretation that uh, you could take away from this? The one message I got from this movie is only be a pirate if you have crazy luck like Jack. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I got. That there is no skill in being a pirate. It's all luck. Yep. I took kind of a weird message from it, and it was one that was like really early on in the movie. And it's that scene where um, Jack and Will, or where Jack reveals that he knew Will's dad as a pirate, and Will's just like, no. It throws like a big old bitch fit over it. Dude, and, he was butthurt. He was. Yeah. And he spins the wheel so it like sends him so he's like hanging over the the edge of the ship and Jack just kind of has like a real talk with him and he's just like, listen, there's a there's things in life that you, <laughs> you can do and there's things in life that you can't do. And he's like, you, you can just accept that that was your dad and that he was a good man and all of this other stuff just accept all of this stuff and he's like you know what i can't do i can't get to this place by myself <laughs> <laughs> that is a really good scene <laughs> and i think yeah and i think that's just a good lesson like don't stress about the things that you like accept the things that you can mm-hmm. do and don't re- and try to like fix the things that you can't or just try to know the difference between the two that's a good thing i think yeah uh- like yeah, that. that's an awesome takeaway. Mine was very similar yeah. to that. Was just everything is gonna be all right if you just kind of keep your cool, right? Huh. Just keep a level head and just take it step by step. Mine was kind of like, I feel like that this movie was sort of talking about what it means to sort of be like towing the line between good and bad, because we kind of see like Jack Sparrow is a very he's kind of like a complex character that's very much just in. A gray area because i don't feel like he's a fully like evil bad pirate but he has he does do bad things occasionally but he also is kind of a good guy at heart but he will you know, he has a lot of edge to him and i feel like that we kind of see will turner sort of like find his way through the like this murkiness gray area especially at the end of the movie when he rescues jack and norrington like points his sword at Jack and Will stands between them and Norrington says have you forgotten your place and Will says my place is between you and Jack I feel like you could take that metaphorically to where like Norrington and like the British Navy is like an extreme spectrum of what's supposed to be like good and justice whatever and then like the pirates are like this the opposite side of that spectrum is like this extreme chaos and bad or evil or whatever and he's literally saying I'm in between you two and he's like, I'm trying to find this gray area and have like this little edge. Cause we saw when he was kind of like this, he was kind of like a soft person at the beginning of the movie and he didn't get the things that he wanted. Like he couldn't like, 
uh, woo Elizabeth or, you know, he couldn't get any sort of like credibility for for his uh, blacksmith work. But now he like has a little bit of edge to him and he's breaking some rules. Like he's starting to get the attention and being noticed by people that he's been wanting to be noticed by. So I kind of saw this like towing that line between good and bad and like having like an edge. It was kind of like, I don't know what that message would be in a sentence, but that's kind of like what I was getting from this. I like that. I like that. Nice little, yeah, I, I really like that. Nice little grab. Yeah, because other than that, this is just like a fun adventure movie that's just like, hey, like, pay your six bucks and sit down and watch the movie, man. Like, that's kind of just... Can we just go back to the day where the, um we could just pay six bucks, like, every showing and not only be able to get it on, like, five bucks yeah. Tuesday? It'd be so nice. Yeah, well, or movie pass. I hate paying, like... Oof. Yeah. Oh. See, there we go. It was a great month. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so we all kind of know what this has turned into. It's turned into like a big franchise. Um, but just sort of not letting what we know about the sequels come into an effect, just pre- just what is presented in this movie, should there be a sequel to this movie? I guess I'll get the ball rolling. And I would say yes. Like I would say I like at the end of this movie when Jack escapes and he has you know, he gets to his ship with Gibbs and I'm kind of just like, yes, I want to follow him. I want to see his next adventure is what he's going to. And I originally thought that the sequel is just going to be the Navy chasing down Jack. And it's just going to be him evading him the whole time while, I don't know, going after some treasure or something like that. So that was, so just presented this movie. Yes. I want a sequel for sure. Yeah. I'd, I'd say yes. If they can think of something good enough, <laughs> but I, I, <laughs> I feel like this movie was, it was just pretty, it was just cool, right? It's just like a cool little one-hit wonder if it was a solo movie, uh, and I'd be fine with it. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't be thinking about this, you know, for years. Like, I was thinking about, like, a Star Wars sequel, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, this is one of those, just, I just accept it for what it is and just move on. But I think they do bring in, like, Davy Jones and Blackbeard and stuff in future movies, yeah. right? I guess I don't really remember those movies as well because I guess they just didn't execute uh, and it makes me think maybe they didn't like consider the history and all of those like his I don't know historical and in- environmental aspects that they considered in the first movie. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? That's where I'm at. Yes and no. <laughs> I'm the Will Turner. I'm somewhere. In the <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm on the fence like really hard because the way that they ended the movie where Jack kind of gets control of the Black Pearl and is just like, let's go. It's, it leaves the door open. It's more like the door's unlocked. The door's mm-hmm. unlocked. Like, you don't need to go through that door. It's just an option if you wanted to. And I think that's kind of what ended up happening. Like, this movie just kind of took off, and they're like, freaking hell, let's do it. The way that they ended it, I'm going to say it didn't need one. But I am pretty happy with what they did with the second and third one. I think that they could have tied in the Curse of the Black Pearl a little bit better. Because this movie feels like a standalone. It really does. And then two and three feel like their own thing. So I think I would have tied in Curse a little bit better than than that. <laughs> so maybe like to defeat Davy Jones's army, they go and reopen the Aztec gold and recurse themselves to face them. Like, I th- think that would have been pretty badass. Um, would have. Interesting. And a, yeah, and a pretty good tie into the first one, because like I said, this one just 
Like, if they were to just give you a character dump in two, you wouldn't need... Like, it would just feel like a bunch of separate movies. Yeah. Just based on how this ended, I'm going to say no. But I would want... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I get that. I yeah. get that. You're not harping over it, but if you got it, I'd watch that. Um, so I'd say, yeah, I'm in the middle. Um, kind of going off what Caleb said of how, like, Disney kind of looked at, like, oh, hey, you know, this first one actually did really good. Maybe we could actually see a franchise in this, considering that I think there's three years... Uh, there's like a three-year gap between The Curse of the Black Pearl and Dead Man's Chest, so Disney was kind of just testing the waters. They're like, yeah, this movie made a shit ton of money. Let, let's see if we can turn this into a franchise. Um, so I definitely agree. I feel this really could just be a one-off movie, just the way that it ends with Jack just just sailing off with his new crew. It, it really could have just ended right there. But even though I haven't seen the fourth or the fifth, I am happy with what they did with the, the sequels that came. Okay, uh, that's interesting that all of you are kind of like on the fence a little bit. Um, I, I think that that's a good point that like this movie is like does kind of stand on its own two legs, and it like it would have. I feel like that this movie would have been remembered a whole lot better if there weren't sequels. Like everybody would be like, "Oh, that pirate movie is awesome!" Because I feel like now when you think about it, I immediately go and I think about the franchise as a whole. I will say during quarantine, I did do a pirates run. I watched all the movies while I was in quarantine. Cause like, what else are you going to do? Um, and <laughs> I, I will say I did enjoy the second and third movie a lot more than my first viewing. Cause the first time I saw them when I was a kid, I didn't care for them too much, but I think that's because the tone changed so much and they weren't like this fun action adventure type of movies and it kind of turned like way more serious and kind of like just way into pirate lore but i mean the, yeah this franchise is fine I, I i like this one the most i think this one's the best one it, i think i've uh it definitely could have been fine without a sequel so i guess i'm changing my mind actually so i was like no no sequel <laughs> <laughs> you guys kind of changed my mind on that there we go shift in minds a change in sales um so <laughs> Thank you, Caleb and Jonathan of the All Bros Podcast for coming on to talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Any final thoughts about this movie? Do you guys have a letter grade? Oh, we've never done Pirates. I don't think we have either. If I'm just like guessing off the top of my head, probably, see how much I love this movie, probably a solid B plus okay. for me. I'm in like the B range. We can bleep that out so you guys like, can I'm more keep the, I don't know, keep the draw, <laughs> you know, for your new crouch. So people aren't like, well, I already know what they're writing. Like, we have, like, an official, like, like we have an official way oh, okay. that we do it. Like, this, I think this would just go in our, like, personal grade because we have, like, a personal grade category. Oh, yeah. um, but we just grade the individual aspects, like story, writing, acting, and on and on. Okay, cool. And so we grade those individually and then give our own personal grade and then all of that averages out to what our final score is for that movie but yeah i'm i'm sitting at like a b like i have a really good time well thank you all bros for coming on this was a lot of fun and uh, i'm so happy that we got to finally do this movie this was a movie that's been on my list for a while for us to cover um where can where can the folks uh, find you we are damn near everywhere <laughs> um i think it'd be harder to find somewhere we're not <laughs> than somewhere we are so but you can find links to everything on our website tinyurl.com slash the all bros we're on facebook twitter and instagram just 
search at the all bros awesome well we'll be sure to put a link to your site in our show notes if people want to they can swipe right there and check your show out and check out my episode that was i went on your show like in september or august or something like that to talk about once upon a time in hollywood yeah that was a really fun episode that was a blast (laughs) yes it was anytime i get to talk about the movie um, i'm having a good time um (laughs) well thank you jonathan and caleb uh this has been a blast uh next week on film the rocks and nate and i are going to be talking about jurassic park super excited to get into that this will be a lot of fun uh, there's still time for people to send in questions or um, st- uh, fun stories to our mailbag for our next Talks on the Rocks episode. You can send that in to fotrpodcast at gmail.com. And our Mandalorian reaction show continues on the Patreon if you want to head over there to be part of the fun. And I have a, I have a few more uh, shots to do because I keep losing bets on this little sideshow that we got going on. If you've been watching our Instagram uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Film the Rocks and on Instagram at Film the Rocks Podcast. I'll see you guys next next week. I got nothing else to say, Nate. Ahoy, mateys. Ahoy, mateys. <laughs> the opposite of that. It's like aloha. Right. Hello and goodbye. Ahoy. Bye, guys. Hey friends, I hope you all enjoyed that episode of Film on the Rocks. Before you go, we wanted to let you guys know that our Patreon is now in full swing at patreon.com forward slash film on the rocks. We have a $2 tier to become one of our drinking buddies, Water School 2. This includes early access to episodes, bonus episodes, polls for what we cover, and so much more. So come check it out. Once again, that is patreon.com forward slash film on the rocks. Check the show notes for our links.